1: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available
0: wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's top hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. <laughs> Me. we can't get fooled again.
1: Hey, hello, everybody. How are you doing? That's a song. <laughs> Was that a song? Hello, everybody. But how are how you, you doing? doing? Is that ASMR? <laughs> I don't know what ASMR is anymore. You are obsessed with it. I am, because McDonald's did an ad. Did you see that ad with John you Goodman? You made
0: me watch it. Ugh,
1: I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Anyway, this is The <laughs> Political Show. I'm Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. What
0: they're thinking is a couple of assholes in Brooklyn are going to give them free advertising on their podcast by talking about it.
1: And you know what? And that's what McDonald's needs. It's more advertising, free <laughs> advertising from us. I haven't been to uh, McDonald's in quite a while. Yeah, actually, i never gone. Never, I'm never craving it. No, not anymore. I did walk by a Taco Bell and it did a double take. Like it was like like the, like the that meme where it's like the guy with that girl and he's like looking <laughs> backwards. But like this is like McDonald's is that girl to my right and Taco Bell is that gal that I'm looking at.
0: Mm-hmm. Taco For, Bell's your ex-girlfriend. You're like, oh, hey, she's still looking pretty good.
1: Yeah, looking amazing. Gorditas. <laughs> oh, they're always so good. We got a bunch of stuff to get to today. I was on Cavuto today. Uh-huh. They bait and switched me. How? Not on purpose necessarily. Neil's a great guy. But because they said I was going to be talking about the economy uh-huh. and we talked about North Korea, oh. which is definitely different (laughs) but it was a lot of fun by the way that North Korea we're going to get to North Korea we're going to get to this guy Stefan helper Uh, helper he was a Cambridge professor and he's had ties with the FBI and the CIA for decades
0: apparently Uh oh going back to the late 70s early 80s
1: there was some small amount of truth to Donald Trump's tweet that his campaign was infiltrated or spied on both of those very hyperbolic terms for what actually happened there so we'll get into uh, that conversation a little bit later on here in the episode i debated somebody on russian television Mm -hmm. who was a member of the i think it's called the league to defend donald trump i've gone against these guys like four times i have no (laughs) idea who the hell they are it's something like that it's i don't know if league is the right term it's like the group to defend the president i don't know either way it was a fun conversation so we'll get into that a little bit later on looks like we might have another special counsel special counsel on top A special counsel on top of special counsel. What a time. Also, the Supreme Court did a massive, uh, well, gave a massive blow to unions or uh, the opportunity for folks to unionize. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this was a decision yesterday. Obviously, Gorsuch being the number one man over there. It's a conservative court at this point. Uh, Kennedy kind of going either way. Still the most uh, important swing vote that they have. But it looks like it's a massive blow to to people who want to unionize. Corporations are very happy, obviously, because obviously. they can 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 continue to drive wages uh, lower and um, really just open the door towards automation, which is what is going to happen. Uh, regardless of what political side you are, both of them are going down the exact same path to having robots be the things that are flipping your burgers at the aforementioned McDonald's. Mm. So we'll get into a little bit of that, and of course we have what happened in Iran. The Iran deal has been tore up, and Mike Pompeo just gave a speech. Of course, he is now uh, he is now our Secretary of State, Gina Haspel is the first female head of the CIA. Yay! (laughs) All it took was her rectal feeding people. And she got it! That's all it took, so that's good. She's now the head of the CIA. Obviously looked over some of the more horrific black sites in this country's history and really was on the forefront of our horrific torture uh, scandal in the early 2000s didn't get us anything, by the way, did not get us anywhere. We didn't get Osama because of torture. We got so much misinformation because of torture. And had John McCain uh, be been able to be present and not actually, you know, he's probably in the hospital or constantly kind of going in and out of the hospital. Had he been present, who knows how that vote would have gone uh, if folks could have looked him in the eyes as he wasn't Um, In adamant opposition to Gina Haspel Being a man who was tortured for five years himself He doesn't love it Yeah, Believe it or not So she is the head of the CIA Mike Pompeo, of course, former head of the CIA He is now on the forefront Or on the front lines when it comes to Engaging with Iran Uh, John Bolton, as well, on the front lines of creating the policy that we're going to have as a country going forward with Iran, they have promised Iran will not get a nuclear weapon, which is kind of what that little deal they tore up prevented. However, it didn't go far enough in regime change, which is exactly what Bolton, Pompeo, and by proxy Donald Trump uh, we will be advocating for and will be aggressively pushing for. They want regime change because it works so well in Iraq. It works mm-hmm. so well in Libya. Yeah, it works but so this well. Yeah,
0: time's going to be different.
1: It works so well in Iran when we did it the first time. Remember that? <laughs> oh, Put the Shah yeah. in. Yeah, yeah but that's, now- That's right. No, there's no history of failure when it comes to regime change. People love us. We're seen as great liberators. So that is going to be a fascinating thing to watch when it comes to foreign policy here these next two years. We'll see if Donald Trump can get the rally around the flag effect. Donald uh, George W. Bush was at 91% when we went into the extremely flawed war of Iraq. So people do, when push comes to shove, and when the military is in full force, people tend to just... By nature by by tribe tend to rally around the leader and we'll see uh,
0: if they'll do the same thing with the Trump administration I'd like to think that we'd learned our lesson with Iraq uh, <laughs> oh. as far as the American public goes yeah uh, it could I, be. I'd like that's what I'm talking about like, I'd like to think that the American yeah. public uh, ha- doesn't have that short of memory but I know Americans we just we it's a Feature of our uh, national consciousness is that Americans have, by defini- definition, very, very well, short memories.
1: Let's not forget there was still, and there is still, half of the country that support it. Yeah. Then there's a generation of people who don't remember how horrible it was. Same thing when folks talk about Vietnam. Mm-hmm. For I understand how horrible it was, kind of. But I don't understand what it was like to get a draft card and having to have to burn a draft card Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Oh yeah. So when you hear folks, yeah, exactly. So when you hear folks yelling about Vietnam, I get it, but I don't get it, and I feel like so there's a generation of kids who don't realize how unbelievably flawed the war effort was, and just. My God, was 9-11 used uh, for political gain for a lot of people with a lot of power and people with a lot of power who wanted a lot more power. And uh, they certainly took full advantage of that uh, opportunity. I also – so we can talk a little bit more uh, about that going forward. also want to say our hearts go out to the folks of Santa Fe, another school shooting – this was done with a thirty-eight and a shotgun, uh, ten, 10 kids. and uh, Well, not 10 kids, 10 people. And I believe it was nine kids and or eight teacher. kids and two adults. Yeah. It was one of the teachers, as a matter of fact. I was just doing some research on her. Uh, this was her second job. Yeah. As so many Americans, they have to work more than one job to make ends meet. This was her second job. She was a substitute teacher. And um, it would be nice if we had an economy where she didn't have to have two jobs, and uh, maybe she she went to Ben there that day, and uh, she could still be alive. Of course, we also have to deal with the fact that um, we have a massive issue in this country when it comes to youth, when it comes to violence, and not just youth, when it comes to just violence in general of all ages. But obviously, the high school or the school phenomenon now really does seem to be getting out of hand. A stunning stat is more high school students have died this year. Than um, members of our military overseas, which is which is absolutely
0: uh, chilling. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I mean we're talking about you know Vietnam. People don't like we don't understand what was like what it was like in Vietnam with all yeah. the the protests and riots and all right. that. And I think people are going to look back on this time and say like, how did you deal with how many ma- how many mass shootings there were? Well, I, I mean not with- asking us, but asking the generation that's having to go through it right yep. now. You know those kids at that age. Like people are going to ask them, how did you deal with that? Fear. Well, we go know- to school every single day. It's uh, yep. I and I don't. I don't understand it. I, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know where it's coming from because America, <clears throat> uh, as. In general, is not that violent, you know. At relatively, as far you know, when you compare it to other times, considering
1: how many guns we have, you, <laughs> it I mean, could we be still worse. had, what
0: thirty six thousand gun deaths last year. Uh, but America in general, like we're not as violent as we were in the seventies or the eighties or the nineties. Things have looked; things are doing better. Things yeah. are doing better. But why are school shootings? Why are more high school kids dying uh, than servicemen? You know, there, there's a right. this is a, this one is a, a very this one is a very big why. Um, of course. This, this is one that uh, I, that people are having a really hard time with. Absolutely. They're having a hard time trying to find the, you know, what were, because the, they say there were no red flags, but on the other hand, now that it's, it's now coming out where he mm. asked a girl out on a date, she said no, and he told her, I'm going to kill you. Uh, right. So there were some red flags but it's definitely
1: warnings it's always easier in hindsight it's Same always thing with paddock there in las vegas and similar to the las vegas massacre this was i'm not saying that the students were conservative uh in santa fe but it was conservative country it was trump country yeah uh, which is kind of fascinating when you think about the country crowd there most likely many of them were republicans it does not matter whatsoever doesn't but matter. that still doesn't seem to move the needle if you listen to your lieutenant governor oh, uh this guy fuck that, fuck that dan Patrick, oh. not the fun news, com- not the fun sports commentator who I absolutely love. <laughs> Unfortunately, he shares a name with this guy Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, who blamed, and this isn't like a joke. He blamed windows and he blamed doors. He said there's too many entrances and too many exits. That's why there are school shootings, and it really is mind boggling. And I'm not saying, um, you know, that uh, there was some a law that necessarily could have prevented this that's kind of one of the difficult things here i do think it's a cultural issue and none of these guns um that were being that were used in this attack were really being discussed as potential on the ban list you it's know semi assault rifles like the ar and all those yeah, kinds of things it's a
0: 38 it's a it's a handgun and yep. a, you know a, a shotgun you so, know these are how many because there's one there's one thing with ars and all that and like cuz there's not as many of them out there but how many 38 specials are sitting in homes in America right now. How many shotguns? I remember growing up, there were four yeah. shotguns in my house, maybe five. And this, I don't even know. That's how many shotguns were in my house. I don't even know how many there right. were. Well, and this is you know
1: goes back to Adam Lanza, Newtown, of course. This kid, this is up to us. These are children. And if you're a parent out there with a constitutional right to a firearm lock it up yeah like come on people this is about the adults I'm not blaming the adult it's this kid's actions but you know what you gotta have a very close eye on your weapons you gotta know where your guns are when I was growing up Stevens Point Wisconsin, huge hunting community. All of my friends had guns and they were always locked up except for my one friend who did not have his guns locked up and I walked in on him with a shotgun in his mouth a couple of times. Oof. So you want to lock up those guns, be yeah. the adult. you know this whole gun fetish the fetishization of the guns is the problem. You have a constitutional right to them um, but it doesn't mean that they have to be like I I, I drive with my gun. And mm-hmm. I, I order with my gun. You know, it's like <laughs> just it's, it's still a very powerful tool. And I think that's one of the ironies that's kind of lost when it comes to the NRA who are like, I take off my socks with my gun. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> we have to remember how powerful they are yeah. and remember that this is, you know, the, 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 uh, the exit that matters the most is on the barrel of that gun. And uh, so we cannot lose sight of how violent or how much violence can occur from guns. So take Lock them up. Uh, There are ways to prevent this stuff. I'm just so sick of kids finding their parents' firearms. And at some point, push comes to shove. There is going to be legislation where people are going to say... I want someone to face charges for this other than just the perpetrator oftentimes they end up shot by the police or commit suicide themselves in this case the individual was apprehended. I don't even want to mention his name because I don't want I'm sick of mentioning these people's names um, but anyway so our, our hearts are there for the folks of uh, in Texas and it's just another one you know it's yeah. just so sad we've had I believe how many I think oh we've had more this year. Uh, we've had many more this year already than this time last year. I think we're almost double what we have. So it just seems like it's on the uptick. And it's not as if media wasn't covering these before either. This is, I mean, you go back to 99, man. Columbine was like, well, that's the first and last time that's ever going to happen. It was such a shock. And now I worry that we're becoming so desensitized and almost immune. And the solutions again whether it be Dan Patrick saying it's exits and uh, doors and windows, yeah. uh, whether it be what happened in Parkland in Florida where they forced the kids to have clear backpacks yeah. and security guards Oliver or North's, arming
0: teachers. Oliver North saying it's abortion and violent video games. And, and Ritalin. And Ritalin. Uh, you yeah. know, and I
1: do understand when it comes to uh, pharmaceutical drugs, there are issues. I think children are far over prescribed. But I also think. It, If let's just do catch all, I will give you I'll I will attest to prescription drugs being dangerous for our children. They have minds that are forming. When I was given everything under the sun when I was thirteen years old, it was it was infuriating because you're messing with the chemical makeup of a of a child's developing mind. I'll give you that. But, But then let's also talk about firearms and perhaps. You know, when I was growing up, firearm safety, when I got my hunter's license, I never actually went hunting because I ended up looking at deer and I really liked them. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, so I could never shoot them. I accidentally yeah, I shot a bird. And uh, we buried that, <laughs> and then my father, when we went fishing, he caught a he caught a keeper, and uh, we also buried that.
0: Uh, it just, you buried a fish. I've told you this caught? story before. I'm just no, not an animal I've killer. Never heard this one. I'm an animal
1: eater, which would probably probably hypocritical, but yeah. yeah. My dad caught a fish at Lake Dubay in Wisconsin, and we brought it home, and he laid it down on the front lawn. And the whole, it was a Sunday, so the Packers were playing, mm-hmm. and he would watch the game, and he would come out, and the fish did not stop flapping. I think it's just, it was most likely dead. I would think it would be dead. I it mean It takes a while. You know, but it was like multiple hours. We're talking like five or six hours, and my dad, you know, he didn't realize you got to slam it down on a board and chop its head off and get it done with. Yeah. My dad was in so much distress that day. It was phenomenal. You wouldn't think he was German, that's for sure. (laughs) And so around sunset, around 7 p.m. that night, we ended up just having a funeral for the fish. We buried (sighs) it. And it was was weird, but I'm not a hunting person. No, no, no. Uh, But but I I did go get the hunting safety, and that class was very informative.
0: You're what my grandfather would call
1: tender-hearted. Tender-hearted, that's right. I mean, but I will eat whatever venison you have. I used to hate shaving, but that was before I discovered the Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club delivers you everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. It's got shampoo, body wash, and even toothpaste. The true hero of the morning routine is their Dr. Carver Shave Butter. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. Who doesn't want to be covered in shave butter? For a mind-blowing experience, join Dollar Shave Club today. And for just 5 bucks with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor, plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlies. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash tophat. That's it.
0: That's dollarshaveclub.com slash tophat. Well, as far as being desensitized to these shootings, I mean, let's just say, for example, uh, Texas. Do you remember this, the church shooting in Texas? Of course. 24 people. Yep. Dead. Uh, and I f- had forgotten about that. I know. Isn't until, that crazy? Until this, I had completely forgotten about that. That is 24 people in a church. In
1: a church. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So um, it, it's just one of those difficult things. Because on a national level, we're not going to. This is the the needle is not going to move on a national level, uh, I don't think anytime soon. It's just impossible for these politicians to do it for their own political. They're all trying to uh, watch out for their own political hide. But as we saw in Parkland, you know, uh, removing the uh, the uh, or bumping up the age restriction to 21, uh, doing some proactive things, they were able to actually do things on a local level in Florida that I think will save lives and let's be honest here folks 18 year olds i think we can all agree do not need a firearm they do not need an ar-15 they don't need a shotgun they are still you know their their minds are still forming and i don't want to say this in a demeaning way but i do think we live in a society of a little bit more arrested development as life has continued to go longer Uh, although of course they're very smart in in ways that we didn't understand as well at that age but but you know this idea that uh, maturity has the idea like I just don't think an 18 year old today or an 18 year old when I was growing up is is quite the same as what the notion of an 18 year old was in the 40s or 50s or 60s I think that you're allowed to be a little bit more adventurous and a little bit more um, you're allowed to search a little bit longer for identity yeah, is what I'm saying. Of course, you are. Um, so, you know, the age restriction to 21, in my personal opinion, makes a lot of sense. Unless, of course, they join the military, and there's a hell of a lot of training <laughs> when it comes to firearm use uh, in the military.
0: Yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, there are other cultural uh, differences now uh, that are happening in America. I mean, when you look at uh, how. I mean, just how kids are being raised. You mentioned earlier people working two jobs, three jobs. Yep. Um, there's, there's, not- more, there's eight million people in America right now
1: working more than one job Yeah. Uh, just to make ends meet. And when you talk about when you hear these unemployment numbers, and this was happening under Obama as well, both, uh, both um, Democrats and Republicans are complicit in passing policies that hurt the working person. It is uh, devastating. And the, you have these conservatives on the level of like family unit, family funk. Like it has to be one unit, get around the dinner table. Well, you know what? It's really difficult to get around the dinner table when you got to go from one job to the other. Yeah. And you got 30 minutes to go home and change clothes real quick.
0: I mean, it's. Uh... The only thing, I mean, it doesn't have to be some sort of like traditional uh, everyone get around the dinner table. But, you know, when, because kids, you know, guidance helps, especially with, especially with kids that are at risk. You well, know, what kids, do you call them? Uh, Turnkey turn kids? Uh, Latchkey uh, latch kids. Latchkey kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, like certain kids, you know, they just kind of get, they fall through the cracks. Absolutely. And things just get uh, worse and worse in their heads, you and, know, and also... I, I know I'm kind of sounding like an old man here, but we the are kind internet's. of old though. <laughs> the internet's is changing but, everything. But really, think about it. You know, when when you're a, a kid, when you're at that age, when you got a developing mind, you have no guidance at home. You mm-hmm. have no real parental figure. You know, you go online, and that's what you plug into. We are right? trying to look for something. We are trying to look for an identity. Absolutely. And it's very easy to plug into somewhere very dangerous. Absolutely. I
1: mean, the old joke, of course, was that my favorite babysitter is the television. You know, yeah. just go sit. In front of the TV, waste some time. At the very least, theoretically, there were adults producing that content <laughs> oh, or editing that content. Uh, not that Ricky Lake or Maury Povich, the shows that I would watch on my stomach while slamming Tombstone pieces down my gullet, were necessarily wholesome. <laughs> but now you are. Children are their own editors. They are their own reality creators. And once they start going down rabbit holes without any other um, viewpoint infused into what they're searching. Yeah, that's exactly how these people, that's exactly how conspiracy theorists uh, thrive. That's exactly how we have uh, the Alex Joneses of the world today.
0: Yeah. I mean, none of these kids are operating in a vacuum. You no. know, like, you know, every every single one of these kids, they all have uh, an extensive online presence.
1: Absolutely. Look at the incel community. There is no such thing as people who are, like, now you can collect friends by proclaiming you're alone. Yeah. Like that's that is a character trait that will draw people to you. Who are also alone. And if they would just take one step out and be like, we're actually a group. Yeah. You have friends. <laughs> it was the classic Chris Rock joke I believe about the Columbine shooters. It was like there was like 19 friends. Yeah, How were they loners? Yeah. You know, he was talking about how he had no friends. Yeah. And I think that is one of the massive misconceptions out there. I, and it's, again, started with Columbine. The media, man, if you could go back in time and just tell the media to get that right. Those were the bullies. They were the people uh, who were uh, terrorizing that school, and in no way were they ever victims of bullying.
0: Yeah, and you've got kids that Dylan oh, Harris and Cleveland and of course, of course. Uh, and uh, you or know Eric and, Harris and Dylan Cleveland. Right, and we've talked about uh, you know just how the internet negatively affects us. Of course, to dude, grown I think men about this. in their mid thirties, but
1: on a national level, this, this is concerning to me. Donald Trump is on there. You know he reads the comments. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm not like, how? He has to. Because he quote tweets or retweets uh, something that he sees. And if he sees a good one, that means he had to go through a thousand bad ones. That's got to mess with the man's mind.
0: Yeah, of course it does. And it's not a good thing for leadership. No. And when you're a kid, I mean, the the, the internet is, you know, uh, humanity's it. You know, it is uh, where we are yeah. the most uh, vitriolic. Uh, it's where we're meanest. It's where we dump all of our negative emotions. It's where we dump all of our negative emotions. And yep. we dump all of our negative emotions there. And we reabsorb them. we reabsorb everyone else's. Like, we put ours out there. And then after we put ours out there, we reabsorb everyone else. Absolutely. Like the suit in Black
1: Panther. Uh, but we really do. We really do. And yeah. then it shows itself uh, in a more extreme way when once, once it bounces off of us. I was called a terrorist today on Twitter.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Huh? I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, because I was uh, sort of criticizing s- Donald Trump's handling of the new North Korea situation.
0: Have they seen your new
1: cuddly beard? Hey, man. They did. He saw it. I was on Kabuto. <laughs> Maybe that's why he thought I was a terrorist. I don't know. Uh, Absolutely. Well, let's go on. Let's talk a little bit here about Donald Trump, and let's Mm. talk a little bit about his tweets. Uh, He tweeted out, he demands uh, that the DOJ uh, have another special counsel to investigate this so-called infiltration into his campaign, again, by Stefan Halper, a Cambridge professor. The irony here is, of course, Rod Rosenstein, the deputy director, He is going to be the one who would facilitate this creation of a special counsel. This is the same Rosenstein uh, who Donald Trump has been maligning for the past year and some change. And, of course, Jeff Sessions, he could interview these people uh, separately and try to get to the bottom of what exactly happened here. So just to put this in some context and just to give it a little bit of clarity because there's so much – so much rhetoric out there from both sides saying yeah. this is the definitive proof that the Russians were involved the whole time. And that's why they sent in this Halper guy. And on the right, they say this is definitive proof of collusion against the Trump campaign to make sure that Hillary won, which she didn't. Uh, they did no favors to anybody in 2016. I think we can all agree with that. It was July. This is when Halper met with George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. Both of these people have. Uh, admitted to lying to the FBI. Let's be clear, none of the arrests in the Mueller probe are tied to Russian collusion. Those are all independent economic uh, ties that Manafort had, for example. It looks like Manafort is going down. I would not want to be in his very nice shoes at this point. Uh, No amount of alligator skin around my feet could make me feel like a wealthy person (laughs) right now. He met with him in July. Uh, George Papadopoulos, let's not forget, Donald Trump previously said, ah, he's nobody. He would just get us coffee at meetings. Mm -hmm. Now, evidently, he was a key component to the campaign. He was the one who held all the campaign answers. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to Donald Trump now, if he really was that significant, which one is he? Yeah. In the middle. You know, he was was informed, uh, not as informed as some, more informed than others. And, of course, Carter Page. The exact same way. This happened in July of 2016, which is significant because late July 2016, this is when Donald Trump, being the brilliant mind that he is, went on national television and requested that Putin find Hillary Clinton's emails. Yes. Didn't do himself any favors with that one when it comes to the FBI perhaps looking into what's going on with Russia, Putin, uh, and Donald Trump and his campaign. A suspicious. A little suspicious. Also, you could have the narrative that says this was uh, – Halper was sent there by uh, the uh, CIA or the FBI – To make sure everything was okay, to perhaps inform Carter Page or perhaps inform uh, George Papadopoulos that the Russians are up to some shady stuff here. Uh, So you have that angle of it, which I think is extremely plausible, and then you have the other angle of it where you have Donald Trump, again, not doing himself any favors, basically declaring, did he did declare on national television that he wanted Russia to help <laughs> him defe- defeat Hillary Clinton. So that is why it's an interesting time, July 2016. Yeah. It shouldn't be uh, misunderstood, and it's not really being talked about that much. But that timing is very specific. And at that point, you know, he's basically got the nomination all locked up. It's official. He's going to be the candidate. Naturally, there's, there's going to become... Higher scrutiny. There will be higher scrutiny now on the campaign. So, what did Halper actually learn? What did he get from Page? What did he get from Papadopoulos? Who knows? We don't have that information yet. Most likely got information that then Carter Page and George Papadopoulos uh, misinformed. That's probably where they got. That's where the FBI most likely got uh, information that then Papadopoulos. Backtracked on or said the opposite of during one of their meetings hence the line to the FBI charge and it doesn't look like he's going to see any any time uh in prison anyway or in jail anyway it looks like he's a full-on he's a full-on witness now for the state so it's not a total infiltration they only had a couple of meetings uh they only had a few interactions so does there need to be another tax-funded special counsel probably not but The DOJ, the Department of Justice, is under the executive branch, so it is within Donald Trump's constitutional rights. He has the power. If he does want to install another special counsel, he theoretically can. But the irony, again, is they would need Rosenstein, this man who has been just in conservative media, just drug through the
0: mud for, again, 12 months. This is why the news. Even longer than that. This is why the news is so exhausting lately. Uh, Because you read every single story, and with every single story, you've got every pundit telling you why this is good. You've got every pundit telling you why this is bad. You've got every pundit saying this is the kill shot. Right. But then you've got the, another pundit saying this is the kill shot for the other side. Exactly. And I'm this not- is Mueller should resign. Yeah. Rosenstein should resign. <laughs> why isn't Jeff Sessions prosecuting these people? <laughs> and then yep. you've got these cryptic people. Like Michael Flynn Jr. Uh, had that tweet today. Yeah. That uh, what did it say? Like they're coming for you. Yeah. Something like that. Like wh- wh- What is he talking about? But that's the thing. Even that is like, is he talking about you know the FBI pro the mm-hmm. FBI quote-unquote infiltration is he talking about people that you know that michael flynn's gonna flip on you know right. everything is subject to so much analysis right and everybody wants to analyze it differently and let's everyone not... wants to have their own little well, hot course, take on it you but know?
1: really the, the answer is both sides are complicit in making the fbi what it is after 9-11 the patriot act loosened up so much restrictions it's it's pretty easy to get a FISA warrant. Yeah. Uh, It used to be much more difficult to spy on U.S. citizens. At this point, they're not quite rubber stamps. Yeah. Uh, But the judges are just slightly, slightly more reasonable than Dan Aykroyd from Nothing But Trouble. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So Republicans are one of the main reasons, and the Democrats as well. Again, both sides. Um, It certainly expanded a lot under Obama as well. The CIA, Mm -hmm. the NSA, the drone program, all those things got expanded. But naturally... Those programs come home to roost. That allowance of the FBI or the CIA to infiltrate U.S. citizens—it came home to roost in the uh, within the U.S. government. Yeah, and that's what they're finding out now. So I don't feel any sympathy for these people who are like, "Woe is me," when the Republican Party, be- well. Yeah, I would say the Republican Party is most to blame for the initial momentum swing in the direction of just like investigate whoever you have to investigate under the guise of national security.
0: Yeah, but don't forget that. But the vast, vast majority of Democrats voted for the Patriot Act. Absolutely, and no, for it's a bo- the uh, that's... Iraq War, like the the, the absolutely the, very few didn't. It was the you know it was definitely the Republicans that you know introduced it and shoved it through, but it was right. the Democrats who said, "Come on." Come yep. on through. It's fine. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah, we did not you know. have – there
1: were very few true patriots who uh, who did not vote for the Iraq war. I believe Bernie Sanders did not. Um, and there was a couple of – I don't think Dennis Kucinich did. Kucinich did not. Yeah, um, it was like
0: Sanders, Kucinich, and maybe one other person. And it, for those
1: that remember, at that point, they were just considered quacks.
0: Yeah. Like Kucinich was a laughingstock.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know um, – It's similar with with what they're trying to do right now with Tulsi Gabbard, who didn't support the Syria strikes. I think Tulsi Gabbard, by the way, watch her for 2020. I think she could go very far with the Democrats. I like her a lot out of Hawaii. Uh, she was against the military strike because, first of all, it was a. they say it's symbolic, but it's not because they're very real bombs. But they told the Russians, they told the Syrians when they were going to bomb. They told them where they were going to bomb. And they told them 48 hours before they bombed that they were going to bomb. So if they did have anything in those facilities, they got rid of them. Thankfully, there was zero, uh, very little to zero collateral damage mm-hmm. because everyone was forewarned. So that's a good aspect of it. But this whole idea that they actually took any kind of military action or any productive military action – against Syria and their chemical weapon supply is total nonsense. So she got maligned for voting against it. Mm -hmm. And that's the right vote because it's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. It's a waste of treasure. And it doesn't make any actual uh, difference in the region. So anyway, so we saw that it's, it's just difficult to find politicians who stand up. Uh, To the military industrial complex Which is why a lot of these people I was watching um, uh, Duncan Jr. He's a Republican He voted for this $1.2 trillion uh, Omnibus bill That's going to just destroy Our economy even further uh, When it comes to our debt You know, increasing, increasing the debt He just said he did it Because of the military Everyone finds their reason And then they feel validated And that's the thing That they campaign on And so forth and so on Hey, everyone, Ben Kissel here for Stamps.com. You know, these days you can practically get anything on demand, such as this podcast. Listen whenever you want, whenever it's convenient. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? All you need is Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all services of the post office right from your desk. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package, all available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click print mail and you're done stamps.com will even send you a digital scale you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every single time we here at the last podcast network love using stamps.com whether it be sending out shirts to the listeners or sending a gift to our mother stamps.com is the thing to use right now use top hat for this special offer Four-week trial includes postage and digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Top Hat. That's Stamps.com. Enter Top Hat. And now back to the show. So the situation going back uh, to what's uh, happening now or what we're going to be finding out more about hopefully in the future When it comes to the Trump campaign infiltration, Uh, Stefan Helper has been named the person who was appointed uh, to do so, uh, to do that, uh, to get uh, information on what the heck is going on with this campaign, this Mm -hmm. national campaign, what's happening with the Russians, and we'll see what he was able to uncover. And again, if Donald Trump, or Donald Trump Jr., or Eric Trump, or Michael Cohen, or Roger Stone, if they don't do anything wrong, none of this matters. It's fine. So what's there's, the di- if there's nothing the to di- me-
0: What's the difference?
1: It could really be a case where if you do play it by the books, uh, and it's you know it's complex stuff. Obviously, national campaign finance laws like unbelievably ridiculous, and none of Donald Trump's lawyers or legal team had any real um, understanding of it. It's entirely different. That's why he got Ty Cobb on board. Now mm-hmm. it's it's extremely unique. But theoretically, it could have just been a uh, an A plus report back, and we do. I, but I also do understand. I don't like the FBI snooping around in everybody's business. And now that it happened to them, now that it happened to one of the politicians they support or the president of the United States, perhaps Congress could pass some legislation if they have any backbone whatsoever that could. Reinstall some of our civil liberties. That's the only outcome. That's the only like positive outcome I could see. Uh, and perhaps when the drones come here, which they already are, it's happening in California. Uh, my goodness gracious, California, by the way, when we were there for seeing this bachelor party, I'll tell you that story in a second. Hopefully that will then uh, lead people down a more understanding path when it comes to U.S. foreign policy and the use of drone wars overseas as well. Once it comes home to roost, once we see what these policies actually do, once uh, you know Gina Haspel actually has uh, a terror suspect here in the United States being rectally fed, um, hopefully we can actually change some of these policies. Now that they understand what it actually looks like to them. Maybe. You know, it always takes them, uh, you know, to have to, um, it always has to happen to them before any change actually occurs.
0: Maybe. Perhaps it happens. I don't know, maybe, but it seemed to be most of America took to the militarization of the police pretty goddamn fast. Yeah, they did. And no, not many people are complaining about it. I don't know if they're actually, mm. I don't know if having drones introduced into america i don't know if that's really gonna make people all that against them because those drones are also going to be serving useful part like when a drone yeah, for, comes what, for away, youtube
1: it's like what, are, what which, are pizzas and youtube videos yeah
0: when a drone Skyscapes. delivers when a drone delivers a package to your house for the first time and you think oh my god how cool is that yep uh then the drone that because you'll so now you trust a drone You trust a drone to bring you a package. You trust a drone to bring you something. So if you trust a drone to do that job, why wouldn't you trust a drone to be a police officer?
1: Well, there's no way that I could have gone to Old Navy and picked up those slacks myself. (laughs) Not possible. And of course, yes, with automation and the the slow. It's all slow. Once they start giving you your burgers, then uh, I mean, and really, you know. As robots, they don't. It, personhood is a little bit of a misnomer, but once they are taxed as if they are people, and they are government property, so if you do hurt a drone, you are being you will you will be fined and imprisoned uh, as if you've just hurt a member of the law enforcement, uh, which is just absolutely horrifying. When I was in California, seen his bachelor party. Did I tell you that story? No. We were driving down the road in an Uber. Someone drugged me.
0: <laughs> um, which was true and we were it was after we went out for Korean barbecue they didn't and drug I drug you, you opened your mouth someone asked you to open your mouth and you did it, and yeah. then while they were passing out acid, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that pretty. is very
1: true, <laughs> yes. That is true. But we got pulled over, and we were we were corralled into one of those, um, you know, just random police checkpoints. So they really create, they create the problem, and then they see if you're sober or not sober. And I went full sovereign citizen. Uh-huh. I was it was the most libertarian I've ever been in my entire life. And that Uber driver loved me. I bet because they create the scenario. If yeah. you're gonna pull over someone for drinking and driving, you have to have uh, evidence that they're drinking and driving, and they're a danger to society. So that, you know, that, but that was just normal. And everyone else in the car, California, or the California natives were like, yeah, this is just how it is, and it happens here in New York, and it happens all across the country, that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a slow, slow burn down totalitarianism and fascism. Mm. Anyway, that's my little story on that. Did not realize I had a head full of acid. <laughs> I didn't. You knew. I did not. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, I felt like I was tripping, but I did not take any acid. And then Matt, who was there, he was like, yeah, you did. And I was like, what? When? And he's like, when you stuck out your tongue and the guy put a bunch of acid on your tongue. <laughs> he's
0: like, ah. Yeah, what did you think the paper you put on your it tongue was? It wasn't paper. What was it? It was like liquid. Oh, it was like did. a gel. The dropper, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway. So that's where we are right now when it comes to Donald Trump being sort of correct on Twitter regarding uh, possible infiltration into his campaign. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if there's another taxpayer-funded special counsel. And, uh, of course, uh, the, Mueller, the Mueller, Mueller investigation continues on and uh, probably will last for at least another Eight, six, 12 months, something like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, Watergate was what, two years? Somewhere uh, A lot of people wanted to end already. We haven't found out yet what's going to be uncovered or what has been uncovered regarding Michael Cohen. And that is going to be absolutely fascinating because Michael Cohen, uh, if you get a chance to watch the latest episode of The Circus, they interviewed Donnie Deutsch, a mm. uh, news personality who is very good friends with Michael Cohen. And he's got a family, Michael Cohen, that is. He's got a wife, he's got two daughters. He's horrified. The question uh, to Donnie Deutsch was like, how is he doing? He's like, some days he wants to fight. Some days he's like, whatever. I got kids. I got to protect him. I can't spend 15 years in prison or whatever. I mean, who knows how much time he would be looking at. So he's going to flip very quickly. And Donald Trump, the old adage is, if you go out on the limb for Donald Trump, he just cuts that limb off of the tree right behind you. So yeah, as soon as there's no loyalty. It's 100 percent loyalty one way. Yeah, of course. And uh, and not the other way. So let's go on here. Let's talk a little bit more about, what do you want to do, North Korea? Yeah. Let's do North Korea. This is the other big story of the week. Donald Trump, so unbelievably desperate to be loved by the now honest and honorable Kim Jong-un is willing to go back on every single thing he said about the Chinese, specifically when it comes to trade. Of course, he presented or proposed these tariffs. I think the tariffs are a terrible idea. They didn't work when W tried to do it, and uh, they won't work now. There's a company, ZTE. ZTE is, a, is a, um, it's a large company in China, and they are some of the main culprits when it comes to our intellectual property the theft of our intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump had put forward a sanction on them. I believe it was going to be like uh, it was going to be quite quite heavy. I mean, it was going to do some major damage to that company. But now because of the desire to meet with Kim Jong Un and the lack of the desire to anger the Chinese because the Chinese are really going to be needed to facilitate this meeting that's going to take place Perhaps in a couple, in about 20 days in Singapore, he has gone completely backwards on all of his tough talk when it comes to China, all of the tough trade talk, all of the tough tariff talk, all of the tough uh, talk on protecting intellectual property in this country solely because it's what is quickly becoming to me solely a photo op opportunity. With Kim Jong Un, a man who is murderous, a man who has uh, generational incarceration in his in his country, a man whose people are starving, people are dying, and a man who runs perhaps the most corrupt regime on the planet, Donald Trump is willing to give up the give, uh, you know, t- to give the house yeah. just for a meeting uh, with this guy. And uh, I just feel at this point the leverage is gone because Donald Trump can't keep his freaking mouth shut, whether it be in interviews or on social media. And Kim Jong-un understands how badly Donald Trump wants this. I think the idea of a Nobel Peace Prize really went to Donald Trump's hair. And um, (laughs) he is hell bent on having this meeting because he thinks this is going to be one of his final legacy points.
0: Yeah, and it's just, it's not just him not keeping his mouth shut. I mean you've got John Bolton on the other side doing shut everything up. he yep. can to torpedo the deal. Yep. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I mean, this is what happens when you have a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing well, in office. I will
1: say Bolton and Pompeo don't don't even say that. They know what they're doing. Well they, what they want to do yes. is horrendous. Yes. And that's what's Horrifying when it comes to Pompeo and Bolton, you know, um, the Libya model is exactly what they want to see happen in Iran. And they do understand how to do that yeah we already have the iranian obviously a couple years back we had the urban societies we've talked about this before super livid Uh, a lot of mass protests and now we have the rural societies extremely livid because they're hungry and there's no money the economy is collapsing they saw that perfect storm now let's go after them really get some sanctions that are going to stifle their economy and theoretically cut off the head of the snake of course uh the snake being iran in this case however Speaking of the Chinese, speaking of the Russians, the Iranians are actually doing okay. Yeah. Other nations, all our allies, our Western allies that trade with Iran, it's going to be extremely difficult. These, these allies, uh, Germany, for example, or the UK, they are livid. With us tearing up the Iran deal. Yeah. So now we want them, because we tore up this deal, to go along with our sanctions. And perhaps this would require us to then sanction Western ally companies who then go along with Iran. It is so convoluted and such a so much more difficult than it had to be. Yeah. You can tinker with the Iran deal from within. Same thing with Obamacare. You can tinker with it from within. But when you just simply tear up things do away with things, gut things. You got to start all over and Bolton and Pompeo have gotten exactly what they wanted. They want to see a destabilized Iran and they want full control uh of that uh area in that region. Saudi Arabia is happy, Israel is happy.
0: That's it. You know, eventually our allies are going to start calling our bluff on shit. Oh, they so already go- have. You know, Merkel it, already has. Yeah, but they're going to start calling it in very big ways and they're going to look at us and they're going to say you know. What are you going to do about it? Hey, man. What are you going to do? Because, oh, America first? It's always going to be America for- first? Fine. Go at it alone. See how you like it. Well, and of course, the irony is it's we are currently putting
1: America last on the world stage. And I am not a yes. massive interventionalist, but when it comes to, at all, I, I for the... Ninety percent of the time, it does not work whatsoever. No, um, I'm not very, saying in a
0: military sense. No, not in at a military all, sense. No, but
1: in an economic sense, it makes a lot. It, it makes a lot more sense. Obviously, I think TPP was flawed, and I think there were some issues that had to be uh, that had to be addressed. And again, Donald Trump addressing those, uh, talking about uh, China on the campaign trail, now rescinding all of that stuff solely for a meeting with North Korea. Is got to be, it's a head scratcher and it's got to really be aggravating to a lot of the folks who bought his line, who believed uh, that he would actually go through or follow through with those threats. It's very difficult because we have, he has a finite amount of time in office. Who knows if he runs again? Who knows if he goes through this term? Potentially, however, he does have six years uh, in office, potentially. And Xi Jinping's there forever, Kim Jong un's there forever. Ayatollah is there forever. The Iranian regime is basically there forever. And the West knows that, our Western allies know that as well. So I think there are a lot of people just kind of waiting it out and assuming that the pendulum will swing back into more of a rational direction. And I hope that we can see, with these midterms coming up, the Democrats uh, picking up some seats. And I was supposed to talk on Cavuto about this, and I do think there are some ways they can do so, despite the fact that the economy is doing okay. The economy is doing okay, uh, so that's basically what's going on with Iran. We'll, we'll see, but the hawkish policies that Pompeo has put forward, if you listen to that speech that he gave yesterday, um, um, this past Monday... It is uh, it, it, the drumbeat uh, to potential military conflict was very loud. It was yep. it was a full on it was a full on Berkeley mushroom fest. I mean it was it was nonstop, uh, and he was it, the rhetoric was uh, again the the last time I heard rhetoric like that was uh, two thousand and two two thousand and three the lead up to the Iraq War. We have to watch that scenario and that situation uh, very uh, closely because. Who knows what the hell is going to go on? The, we do not want to have a boots on the ground situation in Iran. It's no. a, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, that is just not happening. You thought Iraq was difficult and Iraq was sort of an established nation. Iran is, it's an established nation. Yeah. Uh, and they will, it's not going to be as easy as a lot of people uh, think it would be. And you could already hear Pompeo echoing, you know, they want us there. Echoing that sentiment, and it's just simply not true. The same way that Texans don't want the U.S. Coast Guard or the U.S. National Guard down there taking their guns, or the same way that no one wants, no no state in this country wants the U.S. military involved in their lives. So imagine, uh, you know, someone in the Middle East wanting with open arms the United States military to roll down their streets and destroy their towns.
0: Oh, it's so much worse than the U.S. Coast Guard coming to take their guns or the National Guard coming to take their guns. It's more like the National Guard coming in, bombing their communities shooting their families, killing their families. I mean, I'm not saying that we're doing all this on purpose. We're not. No, and it's Iran just, is not many, a regime, but it's, it's just, just about, like, what's, yeah. How many civilian casualties do we have in Iraq? 100,000? 200,000? Oh, I mean, it's countless. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's still it's going on. If hundreds you, of thousands of casualties.
1: In, it's almost impossible uh, to, to decipher the actual number because— I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, and, a,
0: and that doesn't even count all of the birth defects from all the white phosphorus that we used in uh, so many of our uh, city campaigns in Iraq. And I guarantee you those people would rather be alive right now uh, than to know in their hearts that they no longer live under a Saddam Hussein regime. Right. And, of course, the, if, it, if it worked... If if Iran
1: or if uh, if Iraq rather was a mecca for American tourism <laughs> and it was like it was like Dubai and uh-huh. they, it was all Western it all the like time and it was making us a lot of like uh, Milwaukee like
0: Milwaukee part two yeah exactly Fallujah and Milwaukee totally totally the us. same and it was like this is awesome we,
1: then okay yeah. but it just it doesn't work it doesn't it work never works we don't have an
0: NFL team in Fallujah right
1: now no we don't uh, so it's just simply uh, not a productive way. Uh, to govern, and it's not a productive foreign policy. So anyway, that's what's happening uh, in Iran. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Kissel here for Software Advice. You know, I tell you, I'm constantly looking for advice, whether it be from my friends or my parents, regarding how the heck do I tie a tie? No idea whatsoever. You know, this company, it's really great. They give you a lot of advice on software, which is something that I honestly... Need every single day of my life because I have no idea how what I'm doing or how to navigate the modern world. Software Advice—they are there for you when you need them. End your software struggle today. Go to SoftwareAdvice.com/abe to get started. That's all you got to do. Just go to SoftwareAdvice.com/abe and you'll get started right there. And I assure you, they are better at giving advice than I am when it comes to technology. This website is absolutely perfect. It's needed now more than ever, and they always come through in the clutch. So end your software struggles today. Go to softwareadvice.com slash Abe, A-B-E, to get started. That's softwareadvice.com slash Abe to connect with an advisor for free. Softwareadvice.com slash Abe. Go to it right now, and you will be speaking to an advisor for free within minutes. I want to talk about the Democrats in the midterms here coming up. How can they uh, continue this momentum? And I do think they can really make some headway when it comes to economy. Uh, when it comes to the economy, it's doing okay on paper. Mm-hmm. Wall Street's doing okay. Wall Street's doing great. Uh, but again, we have although it is taking some dips uh, as Donald Trump every tweet Wall Street responds to. It's very interesting. It's like it's like the blob. You know, you touch it or you 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 burn it someplace, it responds elsewhere. Yeah. Um. So they can do well, first of all, again, stressing Wall Street's doing fine. Uh, but Main Street is not doing fine. And we have 8 million people right now, two, two jobs at the very least, two jobs they're working or more. The economy is actually fairly stagnant in a lot of these places all across the country, specifically when it comes to the farmers of the West and the Midwest. I just read an article in, um, from NPR. Farmers now have the highest rate of suicide of any profession really? because the house basically bipartisan with a lot of republican support uh, mo- more republican support did away with a safety net a yeah. key safety net for farmers so now they're losing their farms they're losing their workers because of donald trump's extremely hostile and we should talk about this ms13 comments because i want to talk about that we can talk about that last but they're losing a lot of their workforce because of this really hardline immigration stance that donald trump has these are the people that Really thought he was going to give them uh, the opportunity that other people uh, hadn't. You know, these are the so called forgotten people, mm-hmm. and they're seeing what his policies are actually like when they manifest themselves in reality. And if the Democrats can reach out to those folks and let them know, like that safety net that, that uh, the House voted uh, to do away with needs to be back in place. Uh, You know, we have soybean farmers out there who are just because of the proposed tariffs for Donald Trump, because of the aluminum and steel tariffs that Donald Trump, uh, you know, um, uh, proposed that is hurting those jobs. It's hurting those industries, those very industries that Donald Trump promised to help. So the Democrats, they can run you know, that O'Connor uh, Lamb type who ran as pro-union, they can run those type people in places like the West, in the Midwest, in the South, uh, in places like Texas. Texas is much more diverse on a local level than people give the state credit for.
0: Very much so.
1: And uh, another great uh, another great article that I read, That uh, was The a Future fan- is Texas. That was
0: a fantastic um, article. A great history of politics in Texas, which is much more interesting than people give it credit for. Absolutely. Poli- Texas, Texas politics is amazing, hilarious, and weird. And, and I didn't realize...
1: Rick Perry was actually a Democrat who campaigned for Dukakis in '88. I did not know
0: that. <laughs> Hell, I um, actually didn't know that yes. either. Uh, uh, but the, fascinating. The, the Democrat, to, um, that, and that is a, a funny thing, is that people don't realize Texas used to be a swing state uh, for many, many decades. Yes. Texas was a swing state. You never, they never knew whether it was going blue or red. And Cruz does have a little competition out there, so we'll see. Perhaps LBJ it is. was a Democrat.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and of course, uh, yeah, obviously. It was no exaggeration when they told him, you just lost the South for a whole generation, 64, 65, Mm -hmm. voting and civil rights acts. But uh, so the Democrats do have a lot of room to navigate, even in the issue or even with the issue of the economy. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people who think that that's going to halt the blue wave. It's going to be the wall that the blue wave hits. But I could see if they just if they just uh, navigate the waters in a in a proper way. Uh, them doing fairly well, even yeah. on the issue of the economy. We just the it is not this economy is not benefiting everyone the same way as it is benefiting. Again, folks who uh, make their money by sell, sitting on their asses and selling stocks. Yeah,
0: you know, I think a lot of uh, the the Democrats can go out to a lot of uh, their constituents and say, "Look, the Republicans are saying uh, the economy is doing great. How's your economy? Exactly. You know, how's your exactly. neighbor's economy doing?" And
1: I think you're going to, as I mentioned in the last episode, you know, the the Democrats have to be careful. They don't want to just go with, with grandiose, big, like fifteen dollar minimum wage nationally, all that kind of stuff. You do have to be careful, but I think they. In their local municipalities, in their local uh, counties, in their local uh, states, and uh, they'll be able to. Uh, they'll they should be able to get a message of of. Economic growth and economic concern that, that will resonate with a lot of people.
0: I just hope they have actual ideas, you know, besides sound bites. Because fifteen dollar minimum, minimum wage automation is a, is a big one, man. But it it's not. It doesn't it,
1: work. It's it's always one of those things where it's good on the front end. It's just like you know, in some ways, it's like what Obamacare was good on the front end. It's just like what the tax break is that the Republicans planned uh, that the Republicans pushed through. It's good on the front end, and we get screwed on the back end. Yeah. But by that time, uh, you've already voted for him again. And uh, they don't really care. Yeah. So the corporations, when it comes to their tax cuts being permanent, uh, that doesn't matter. That's, that's going to be there forever for them. And, of course, the middle class tax cuts, as soon as as uh, as soon as they need some more money, it'll be coming out of our pockets. And uh, that's just the way it always works. It's always nice up front, um, but then it's like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Democrats uh, could continue to do uh, well. Leading up to the midterms, even on the economic message, not to mention, uh, there's so many other things that they can be campaigning on: uh, immigration, and specifically tone. Yeah, I think we can't stress enough the people want a tone change. Yes, and policy is one aspect of it; perceptions another. And the tone right now in this country, I do think people are just like. Exhausted.
0: We're so tired. We're just so tired. uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> so, yep. uh, but I, I think part of the reason why we're so tired of it is because I think whatever, not everybody wants, of course, but you know, a very large number of people, like the 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 thought in their mind when they go to check the news is, is it over now? You know, is this gonna is this gonna be you know, with Donald Trump? It's like cause yep. I think a lot of people think, it's like, just get him out of there, and that's like, why you please have, just get him out of there. Know, and I think every article a lot of people read like that's the lens you see it through It's like is this going to get him out of there? Is yeah is this gonna be it and then you think and then you go it's like well you know let's see what other people are saying and that one person like i said earlier one person is saying oh yeah this is gonna get him out of there this is gonna get him out of there and another person is saying no this actually makes him stronger than ever and then a third person saying uh this doesn't matter at all and like this uh, this is just you know this is just people blowing smoke one way or another and it's it's exhausting to it's do it's usually
1: that. the third it's, u- it's usually <laughs> the third but
0: yeah it's usually the third and then of course there's always somewhere in between where it's like well this is a little bit of a thing but not but not a big thing yeah uh but we're just uh, the entirety of america is is fit, either fatigue there's a lot of or fatigue or feeling um uh, Fantastic, you know, like on the the top of the cult cloud, as it were, feeling well, fantastic. like because everything they see, everything that Trump does, is wonderful. They see it; it's it's something fantastic. They're cheering him along, that. and they're having a fucking great time. But
1: again, there are people slowly peeling off. Yeah. there really are. There are. I hope so. You have your you have your media types that are pro Trump, uh, your Ann Coulter's or Charlie Kirk's or um, you know th- those kinds of people. Um, Kanye, mm. uh, evidently, <laughs> uh, and you know, so they're 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 feeling quite active. But uh, when it comes to the actual people who are working day and night, uh, I, I think that there is a uh, there's a lot to be left. There, there's a lot to be desired on their part, and I think they expected quite a bit more. But we'll see. Again, it's up to the Democrats not to not to totally blow it here in 2018. And um, uh, the, right now, the momentum seems to be going in a positive direction. They're winning some uh, counties and districts that are traditionally Republican. Mm. And it's because they're running candidates that can win in those places. But you
0: also have to wonder, is gerrymandering making it impossible?
1: Well, gerrymandering's been, you know, like, for example, Pennsylvania, the Congressional 18th, they they were able to kind of rescind that. North Carolina's got a horrible gerrymandering situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it does make it more difficult. What they oftentimes do is make uh, majority-minority districts which um, really just just lead to a disenfranchisement of the vote. It just really mm-hmm. silences a huge amount of people, um, or they do something where they'll have Republicans, they'll they'll draw the district. It'll be mostly Democrat, and then Republicans will just come in on the sides, and because of that, it'll go uh, it'll go Republican and Vice. And the Democrats do it too. Just the Republicans are better at it.
0: Yeah, uh, really, is what it comes are. down to. Um, uh, well, so. I mean, they got all their practice in Texas. Yeah, Texas you know, is great at it. Yeah, Texas. Uh, yep. Actually, that uh, that article that that you sent me, I do remember in 2003 when all the St- the Texas Democrats ran to Oklahoma. Yeah, they did that in Wisconsin too. <laughs> I remember. That. I had forgotten yep. about that completely. Until I love I read it when that. they just get up
1: and leave, <laughs> and then they have to get like they send a, a, a politician hunter to go get them, like a dog to bounty dog. hunter type. Um, all right, so let's go on. Let's just finish up here. When speaking of tone, when it comes to Donald Trump and his comments about the MS-13 gang, which he has puffed up in such a way you would think that this gang was ISIS or something, you would think they're as large as a, well, I guess they do have some ties to the drug cartel, but they're not nearly as big as the whole cartel system uh they're one they're one aspect of it one gang of it in mm-hmm. some in many ways uh their whole thing is murder uh rape um power that's what they are all about donald trump called them animals uh, when asked uh I, he was giving a press conference and a sheriff asked him about M, uh, ms-13 he called them animals and then the media ran donald trump calls immigrants animals uh they ran all these stories about that uh but of course he was talking about ms-13 so let's unpack this a little bit so then some people on the right were saying I can't believe the media is defending MS-13, they're Mm. serial killers they're serial rapists, they're the worst people that you can ever imagine and then of course uh, you know the left tied it to Donald Trump's past conversations or past statements about Mexicans as a whole for example when he came down, Trump Tower down the escalator, they're rapists, they're murderers some of them are good people, there's good people on both sides Mm. Um, so tying it to that And understanding now that he has changed a little bit from his rhetoric of all Mexicans to isolating MS-13, it's interesting because you wonder – Donald Trump now found a way where he can criticize some Mexicans or some Hispanics, calling them animals – Dehumanizing these people who are—they're horrible. They're horrible. But we already have a—they're most of them are in prison. They're already being arrested on a regular basis. Like there's never been legal to do what they're doing. (laughs) They're already criminals. Like we already know that. But I—my concern is that we now have a time, or we have a situation where people combine all Hispanics with MS-13. Yes. And so when they hear he says, "Oh, MS-13 is animals." Or he really just said they're animals. The question was about MS-13. What what he is really dog-whistling is they're all MS-13. Yeah, Like every Hispanic is MS-13, but or MS-13... Or potentially MS-13. Or 13. potentially, but MS-13, they are animals. Yeah. So that's where the concern comes in. And if this was just an isolated incident, I, I would give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But because of the racial past, because of Charlottesville, because of his entire campaign, but when it comes to like... Uh, outside of the Hispanic uh, racial situation, when it comes to the Muslim ban, as he, came, as he called it, you know, it's not even a Muslim. It's only 15 percent of the nation's Muslims. And if you if he was somewhat smart, you could have actually probably gotten that ban through a hell of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. It's, of course, still going through the courts. And who knows how that's going to end up shaking out Donald Trump again, not helping his cause, calling it the Muslim ban. Yeah. And of course, not helping his cause, saying I was just talking about MS-13. With the history of of rhetoric, specifically against uh, Hispanics, whether it be the Mexican judge or it wasn't even a Mexican judge. The guy was born in Indiana. Yeah. But the guy working on, uh, I believe it was the Trump University case, being like, it, doesn't, it, it we can't have him. He's Hispanic. He's Mexican. He can't be fair. Um, in all of that, when you take all of that together, I understand why the narrative was able to stick that he called Hispanics or immigrants animals. Yeah. The truth, of course, in this case, it was MS-13, and it's just in the binary uh, political arena that we have, so many people just want it to be one way or the other. Yes. But, of course, both sides do make rational thoughts, and the left, and now the right is saying the left loves MS-13, which is not true. There's just so many hyperbolic lies out there, and everyone just trying to be like, gotcha. Yeah. See, the left loves MS-13. It's not true. And Barack Obama, as a matter of fact, was nicknamed the deporter in chief. B- Barack Obama actually deported more Hispanic people than Bush. It's just a total, complete, and utter lie.
0: And I, I just want Barack, to kind of Ob- Barack Obama deported – he deported almost solely criminals – yeah, uh, his the oh vast, now the ten oh the yes vast, absolutely vast vast majority because that, that's what yeah, yeah, they yeah, no I that's agree. what they always bring up is right, that right, yes right. Obama is the deporter in chief but Obama was specifically deporting and of criminals like he wasn't deporting like just regular people the, it was just I mean not just some folks caught course, up in the shuffle some there, folks of are caught up in the yeah, shuffle obviously. but the focus was criminals which ironically yeah. is exactly what Donald Trump supporters want. Yes, and that's what Obama yes. did. But, but of, yes, yes, that that is. But since, since Obama expanded. did it, that means it was either done wrong or it was awful and needs to be uh torn up. Well, it was just criminals. Yeah, not working mothers, not or fathers, working. Yes, or not professors or professors, uh, or, professors you know. or yes,
1: exactly. So that's that kind of that's that whole that little kerfluffle. Um, and I think that's where again media just does such a huge disservice because Fox, they're out there. Liberals love MS13. And MSNBC and CNN are out there saying he called all Mexicans animals. Neither of those are true. Of course, the left is getting that argument because of the past. And the right is getting that argument because, theoretically, uh, the left has been soft on crime, which this country has never been soft on crime. No. Uh, just go back and, and look at uh, Bill Clinton and uh, the crime bill in 94. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty bipartisan yeah. to be tough on crime in this country. So we're getting... It's just it's one of those conversations that it's just kind of sad because all it does is allow people to go to their corners and uh, and throw mud at each other and everyone in the middle just gets dirty and we get no nothing um, nothing to show for it nothing to show for it nothing productive came from it so it it is what it is anyway yep. so those are those comments and that, that is, yeah so it's Iran North Korea. We'll see what goes on with Stefan Halper. Mm-hmm. Will they end up uh, getting this guy under oath Does he talked? Is there another special counsel? Who knows? And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep you updated on what's going on uh, every single week. That's it. Isn't that exciting?
0: Uh, that's a very exciting.
1: It's a crazy – it was a pretty crazy week now that I unwrap it's, it all. No, that's what we'd say every week. I know. <laughs> was this week crazier than others? No. I no. Well, no, we had a – Santa Fe. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! But that's
0: not. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Ugh, that's not. That's true too. That's not special either. All right. Well, no, pay attention. Don't, don't get me. Don't. I don't mean to say that's no, not special. No. 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 Of no. No. I just Everyone mean it's not uncommon. It's anymore. not uncommon. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But a lot of great things are happening. A
0: lot of people are very active.
1: Women coming through hot here in the midterms. Uh, a lot of exciting things as we get to <laughs> now that we're kind of done with the primary season. Uh-huh. We know who the we know who's going to be on the field, and I can't wait to do a deep dive. Maybe even. In an episode very soon, we'll do a deep dive into uh, into more of the candidates that are out there and uh, and some of the closer elections. Because watch Ted Cruz in Texas. That, that could be very close. And also, just on a quick side note, Nancy Pelosi, she says she's going to be the next Speaker of the House if the Democrats win, uh, which I'm, we'll keep that shush-shush. And then uh, the Republicans, they want this guy Jim Jordan to uh, be their next Speaker of the House. He's a Freedom Caucus guy. He's got really short hair, but... Still messy. Uh, Mm. One of those guys. You know, I I don't understand the short, messy hair. No, I don't get it either. It's kind of wild. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell.
0: Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.